four, three, two, one. And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders, and you can also tweet the show. More importantly, uh, that is at HEFpod. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram, uh, facebook.com slash HEFpod, where you can find all the English language content, current Eintracht, all in one location. And, of course, you can always join our Discord. We throw that out uh, at all times, but you can search us on Discord. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt just asked to join, and uh, we'll um, give you the green lights. So, here to talk about, uh, well, it's been it's been a second uh, since we had our last podcast. Um, we had a result in the Europa League. We had a result in the Bundesliga. So, let's get to the one that is the most recent, and we'll kind of hint at uh, what is to come in the later part of the episode where we will mention uh, Europe itself but here to talk about Eintracht versus Leverkusen after a little bit of a break um, is the man in the Motor City it is Chris in Detroit hey bro, bud uh, how about them Lions hey uh, we won a game <laughs> so uh, no complaints on the American football end we got our one win now lose the rest. But um, the Eagles, how about those Eagles today? Mm-hmm. Oh are you talking goodness. about Philly or are you talking about Frankfurt? No, no. There's only one Eagle in my <laughs> mind. That's Attila and the Adler out in Frankfurt. Let's get right into it. This was a great um, match. Yeah, it kind of got off to a weird one. So I uh, will preface. Um, so beginning of the season uh, when Eintracht had hired uh, Glasner, one of the coaches that we were really gunning for was Gerardo Seone, um, the, the Swiss coach who is now at Leverkusen. Um, ahead of that, he had been uh, coaching in Switzerland for a long time, going from a small club, then getting jumped up to replace uh, Adi Hutter uh, uh, at Young Boys Bern. He ended up leading Young Boys to three consecutive uh, Swiss titles along with appearances in the Champions League group stage with consistency in addition to uh, one of his years also winning the cup double. So made the move to Leverkusen who have since been able to do so far kind of respectable, you have to say, when it comes to uh, their league finishing. Uh, Of course, they got trounced by Bayern, but... Well, not everybody can beat Hiron anyways. So as the match went along, folks, people were really excited, but I'm I'm building this up. That first goal by Patrick Schick, the entire movement of the team, I was watching that and I said to myself, fuck me, that is exactly what like we had been hoping that we would possibly get when we were repla- knew that we had to go out and replace Adi Hutter. And to me, I was like, that's the kind of goal that you as a defense just look back on and you're like, uh, you just throw your hands in the air and you're like, well, crap. Really good team, scores a really good goal uh, from a really, really good player in Schick. And you just kind of 
exactly that. You throw your hands in the air and you just say, all right, time to uh, change things around. Then you get bit right in the butt by VAR. Correctly calling the handball sucks, but I mean, what, what else are you going to do? Did they really need VAR? Mm-hmm. Did you really need VAR to confirm that goal? Or, to, sorry, to confirm the handball? True. I mean, it clear as day, nobody argued it. It was just I, a damn it I think, moment. Yeah, it's got to be one of those things. There's no need to check that. Just get up there. I feel like in that situation, maybe it it helps the goalkeeper a little bit as the shooter stands there and waits and waits. And But, you know, it is what it is. It was a clear handball. And the first goal, it, it was a little frustrating to me because we had four defenders within about five feet mm-hmm. of Schick, and nobody got in front of the ball. But it was a good finish on his part. And going down 2-0 in the first, what, 22, 23 minutes really was the gut punch. I I wrote us off at that point. <laughs> I was starting to feel doubting the boys. But the sheer fact of the matter was Tuta. Putting in that ball uh, right off the corner uh, as the ball had yet to be cleared suddenly gave us life. I thought, all right, you know what? Come on. We're not going out meekly. This is the kind of response that we were looking for. That started one of five consecutive goals that the Eintracht would end up scoring to come away with a 5-2 to two victory, of which, not going to lie, um, that's the kind of quality that we have not seen of this team so far this season that was on display here today, and I can definitely say that not everyone even pulled their weight, and yet we still got this sort of a victory. You had Danny DaCosta coming out and playing out on the right uh, instead of Timmy Chandler. Well, hey, you got to realize, Timmy needs a break every now and then. Uh, DaCosta looked okay. We ended up, Kostic looked his usual brilliant self. You had uh, Lindstrom back in the lineup, looked pretty dang good. But that midfield overall, yeah, kick. So Kostic out on the left, Lindstrom playing in the center. Uh, our favorite uh, guy who is never there doing his things, <laughs> being invisible on the pitch. <laughs> Golly, we had so many contributions from so many different locations. It was really something to behold, man. It really was today. You know, it was one of those days where the big guns we were frustrated early. Where are they? Where are the shots going to come from? We're not going to have any opportunities. And as soon as they decided to pour Mm -hmm. it on, we were not getting the chances from the Bores, uh, the Kostiches. All five goals. I mean, I don't know if Lindstrom is considered secondary scoring or not. I will for this argument. Um, All five goals came from non-traditional scores. Tuta, Lindstrom, Indika, Jakic, and so. uh, You cannot ask for more than that, especially when you're down 2-0. Uh, to come back like that, somebody like Tuta, who were accustomed to making big plays on tough forwards out on the on the on the back line, but for him to do it in the offensive end, kind of taking Hinty's role and stealing the momentum back with a goal, it was really great to see that because he's been under fire a lot the first half of this year, and there's been a few games where he didn't play well, but for him to to be the spark to ignite everything today 
It's really exciting. one player um, who has been just wowing everybody. Is so. I mean, his comments at the after the match, I think, are quite telling. It was a very nice feeling. We managed to score a lot of goals. The margin of victory is deserved. It was a good performance from us at home. I'm happy to be able to help the team with goals at the moment. To come back against a team like that after trailing two nil speaks volumes of the energy and spirit of our performance. Although a lot of things went against us, we never gave up. I think that's a good encapsulation of how the team kind of rebounded from what was a really shitty situation because going up against a Leverkusen team and you're down 2-0 within the first 25 minutes, you really are up against it. And this team came back with force. And it's not like as though Leverkusen was playing horribly over the course of the match to concede five goals to the Eintracht. It was that, you know, the Eintracht found five opportunities and took them all and uh, ended up with a very comfortable scoreline that everyone else will misinterpret as, oh, Leverkusen just, uh, you know, they got a little lucky. And no, this was a really good Leverkusen team that the Eintracht faced up against. The Eintracht got a more than deserved result and so has been knocking in balls quite a few in the, in the last month and a half. He's just been on fire. He's yeah. been one of the best players that the Eintracht has. And thank God we have him on under contract until 2024. You know, the argument could be made um, that we squandered way too many chances. Still, yeah. Um, five to two. If you didn't see if you didn't see this match, five to two could have easily been seven or eight. Uh, that is how that is how dominant the performance was offensively. We were good in the open areas. We were good when when things were a little bit tight in the midfield. Uh, our spacing, though, we, we kind of found a way to open it up and find passing lanes that usually we would miss. We strung a few together. I really, I'm not known as the positive person in this podcast, uh, but I'm really having a hard time finding something to be upset about after that first 20 minutes. Well, I can give you one or two people to uh, be upset about, but let's keep on uh, the positivity for a minute. Um, some players uh, making their first appearances back on the team. Um, when he went down injured, uh, Chris Lintz uh, was sadly one of the better players that the Eintracht had, uh, had you know, available to them. And to me, seeing him back out there, uh, considering the performances that he had put in, you do kind of wonder where his role in the lineup will be going forward. But it's wonderful to have uh, a player like him come back. And seeing DaCosta get on the pitch, I mean, we've had some love and hate with that guy. But, you know, these are two players that you need to be, you know, fully match fit because – you know, with Eintracht, here's a little hint, folks. In case you had been living under a rock, the Eintracht have regressed to the knockout phase of the Europa League. But the thing is, you need to have a full depth of squad. You had Lammers coming uh, uh Eventually, we'll have to make some sort of contribution. You need to have Torre. You need to have Da Costa. You need to have Hinti. You need to have Helga. You need to have Rolde be able to come up with uh, minutes uh, for this team because, you know, just to mention some of the three that weren't utilized in today's match, Hash Sepe, 
Paciencia, and Chandler, all have been making key contributions over the last six to seven matches in terms of match-in, match-out basis. You had squad rotation here. You have a midweek Bundesliga match and a, and a weekend Bundesliga match yet to come uh, before we go to our winter break. And seeing some of the guys get uh, the minutes that they did and the performances that you did see, to me, it's uh, can't speak hot, more highly uh, of kind of for what uh, those guys have brought to the brought to the surface, though I think you will yeah. disagree we'll, on one player who did make his return. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But I think, as you just mentioned, with what's coming up, and I know we're going to preview matches later, but everyone sees a window coming up, both a, a break in the schedule and a transfer window that's going to open up, and whether guys are positioning themselves for a move somewhere else, or they're trying to prove, hey, I'm good enough to be here. I don't want my job taken away from me. This was the kind of match where you say, hey, I'm the guy you want out there. Um, you know, guys like DaCosta or uh, Ndika has taken some shots from people for poor play from time to time. I thought Lindstrom solidified himself really well today and and said, this is my spot. No one's going to take it. So definitely, I think uh, I think there's some guys that are looking ahead and posturing their play uh, to suit what they want to do, whether it's say, look at me, I'm worth keeping this spot, or you know what, my value is good, sell me away. Can totally concur, uh, because the way that uh, we're looking at things right now, Hey, you need as much as you can from all your death players that are available because we're not playing in the day of Bay Pokal. You know, we're going to be able to exist on a one match uh, per week basis until March. Like, no one else almost in the Bundesliga and the top division who's still involved with another competition, who's still involved in Europe, still has that available. So, this. Uh, at this moment in time that we uh, are recording, the Eintracht is currently sitting in ninth place. So we're currently looking at a top half finish for the fall. Considering how I think the rockier start that we had, <laughs> some people would definitely starting to talk about relegation fights. Uh, I'd like them to. Who said uh, that? Nobody. Nobody on this podcast. Um, <laughs> right. At least I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> guilty. I'm guilty. You're not the only one. No, but it, okay, it, it's fair. I mean, granted, we're, we've become very accustomed to this, uh, this slow start, turn it on, qualify for Europe thing. We've done it more times than I can count in recent seasons. But I really think it's important that those discussions be had. Because it's not always going to turn out that way. You, there's no guarantee. You know, we could have a couple bad matches here, and all of a sudden we're back in 13 or 14. So it's important to have that conversation when we're playing bad and put that pressure on guys. Because as soon as they become very complacent with their play and say, well, eventually we'll figure it out and work our way up the table, because that's what we always do, it's never going to okay. happen. So, you know, we have to keep that pressure on. Whether it's the fans, you know the players and and the coaches are doing it, so yeah. that's okay. We're we're in a we're in a pretty good spot right now. Um, but as you said, you know, 
And there's a lot of the, look. There's a lot of season left to go. We're because it is still so early on in the season. Tactically speaking, you know, you don't have a stupid amount of distance between yourself and those that are going to be finding it out in the relegation zone. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, a team who is currently in 16th place who has, you know, five points less than the Eintracht because of the results at the weekend. That's just kind of the way that the, the table sits. We know who at this point at minimum one of the teams is a lock, despite the result at the weekend. But look, we uh, we got we got some favorable matches coming up, and uh, in the spring half, we're gonna have our most difficult matches at home. Kind of can't. I mean, uh, if you need to have as much of an advantage as possible, that kind of for me says it all right there. But going back to uh, today's match, if I did have some players who I'd like to see more from. Um, of course, everyone loves to point out Kamada Island. Um, I would have liked, uh, Hauge to have been able to get the start, but, um, mostly because I think that Kamada needs to like maybe, uh, take a step back and have a different look at his role. And perhaps, uh, we'll see that over our next two matches, maybe him coming off the bench and we'll see what he's able to do with that sort of spark that he can provide at times. But today, not exactly the best of showings. Hinty, his rust was on there so bad. And yet we just, you know, thankfully because we kept on scoring goals, we didn't really put him under a super great deal pressure. Got lucky on that. I... You know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's earned that from us. But there's a lot of rust and there's a lot of concern in that middle. Um, Hasabe is aging and Rager is slow. We don't have the speed that we need. You know, it's great that they're smart players, that they're generally reliable. Both of them, I'd take them over most anybody. But... You know, he's really showing the wear right now, and it's it's concerning. That's something we need to address. For as much as we have talked about needing to address scoring and offensive prowess in the transfer window, uh, the defense is where my mind is at. Because, well, we're not allowing a ton of goals. Uh, we're not as efficient as we should be there. True. I mean, look, we have still so much more to do. Um, a lot of people can point out the fact that, you know, our central forward not scoring again. Okay, he did get, provide, you know, some very useful time on the pitch. You know, a lot of running that Bore does is a lot of thankless running. That, and he never, ever stops running. He runs as fast in the 80th minute as he does in the 8th minute. And, you know, that he's the kind of guy who, you know, you're, you're not going to see him on the score sheet every week. Um and his minutes are mostly thankless up there just because our offense continues to rely on Kostic. But Bore really is a motor up there, um, even more so than we saw with that guy that left us for uh, Leipzig last year. Um, Bore will never, ever quit on a ball, no matter the score. And he's going to get the benefit of the doubt from me. All right, all right. I keep on saying, like, hey, you still have to uh, utilize everyone that you have within your roster as best that you can. But, yeah, uh, you're right. 
the boy does run and runs he's got lung power that i think any smoker would dream of how does lammers fit into that scenario for you um a bigger frame uh not the biggest of frames but one that you know what have a a taller body in there when it comes to hey you know what we need a big man to be able to uh maybe knock a ball down uh from a set piece that's really that's i need more from our set pieces it's uh when it comes to heading the balls in but hey you know what more can also jump he's got some ups uh he's got more ups and i think it's more so yeah it's definitely more so the matchups right now as you see it sometimes they're favoring lammers other times bore i don't think it's because one is clearly they they're not a 50 50 split i think they know bore is a little more versatile um but it's going to come down to matchups and you know we saw lammers more in european play just because we couldn't be running our top guys endlessly when we were chasing the ball around not getting possession Uh, i thought today would have suited either one and that's why bore didn't have to play a role because Everyone else was taking on that offensive responsibility. Very true. Very true. Um, yeah. So, Chris, we can kick right to hashtag what are we drinking because we're kind of wrapping up uh, the discussion points of Eintracht versus Leverkusen. We can either throw it to that or uh, touch on our European adventures that have been going on in the recent uh, in the recent days. I'll let you choose. I, I'm always about what are we drinking. <laughs> apparently, I'm always there drinking. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, so it is time for hashtag what are we drinking. I will admit that today uh, got the COVID booster shot. So uh, I am drinking uh, Orangensaft, orange juice. So, uh, But I have been drinking recently, utilizing my... Uh, my beer advent calendar, uh, the Vienna Lager from uh, Pavit uh, Browery uh, Lancium. Uh, it's a Vienna uh, chocolate kind of multi lager. It was okay. Um, one that I liked a little bit more was a was a, a Teichnacher, uh fifteen forty three Marzen. That was quite uh, the. Oktoberfest style brew and I like that even more so. So that's what I have been drinking. Not exactly am drinking because gotta let the body recover uh, from the booster shot in case anyone uh, has not had it. Um, Try and get it at the earliest convenience because the Omicron will bite you in the ass if it can. Chris, what do you have for us today for what are we drinking? Well, I've got you covered. I'll make up where you're leaving off tonight. Um, so I've been drinking a lot of Brewery Faison, my local Belgian brewery here on the east side of Detroit. They don't sponsor us, despite how much I bring them on this show. Maybe they should. Um, Journey didn't make a song about a them cool either col- in that part of Detroit, did they? That's true. Uh, <laughs> nearby, about two miles away. <laughs> so anyway... Um, Last year, their their holiday theme beer was called Faisan Doré. Faisan is French for uh, for pheasant, 
but it, it was a Belgian style winter warmer clocked in at 9.7%. Now they set some aside and they aged it in whiskey barrels. So the one that I drank here tonight, the one I bring to the party is aged in a 17 year uh, whistle pig rye, which is if you ever have the, the whistle pig rye, it's fantastic. It is awesome whiskey and to throw this incredible Belgian beer and all the flavor that a Belgian uh, winter warmer brings, plus the whiskey on top of it, it's fantastic. So uh, 10 out of 10, it sucks I only get one can of it, but you know maybe I'll find some more this winter. There you go, man. There you go. So that's it for a hashtag what are we drinking. Uh, we will be back in a jiffy with segment two. We'll talk about the Frauen, we'll talk about Europe, and uh, a pair of Bundesliga matches, and of course, a request for you, the listener, to get involved. In our 200th episode, uh, we have some fun little bits that we have been hiding away uh, in preparation for episode 200, so uh, we'll be back in a jiffy, so stay with Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, segment two, podcast episode 199. So, as you can guess, we're a little excited about podcast episode 200. It's a hell of a lot uh, of a journey that uh, this this show has been on. I thankful I am thankful that I have been able to find so many guys who have been able to join us so frequently for uh, helping bring everyone this podcast. Because looking back on that original episode that I debuted uh, oh so many years ago in the lead up to the 16-17 at DFB Pokal final, um, it's, it's, it's been a very, very long road. And uh, I'm really glad that I'm not the only one who's always, always, always doing all the talking, you know, because Chris has got some good takes too. Ah. Once in a while. I get it right once in a while. But I'll say I, I started listening to you when I was still in Germany uh, around episode 30, yeah, 20, somewhere in there. And it became what I listened to when I was mowing the lawn. And then it became what I listened to on a drive around Germany. And then I started talking to you when I came back stateside. And I was like, hey, this is a great thing to bring something so awesome as Eintracht Frankfurt football to people in the States. And we got listeners around the world, but uh, the large population of our listeners being in the States are so inundated with the Premier League. Um, and, you know, nothing nothing wrong with the Premier League or MLS. It, football is a great sport, no matter who you follow. But there's something about this club, and I think you've done a fantastic job with this podcast of opening people up to a side of European soccer, sorry, European football that they don't get with American soccer. Uh, you make something foreign in a different language on a different continent. 
um, you make it relatable to all of us here that are so accustomed to the American football or hockey or what have you. And I just love being a part of this. So we're going to have some fun with 200. Exactly. And what we want to hear from you guys is what interview did you like? What episode did you like the most of the previous 198 episodes? Or you could just say, hey, you know what? That next episode is always my favorite episode. Uh, that kind of brown nosing will always get you a shout out on the podcast. And, you know, sometimes we stickers. <laughs> <laughs> i just found a stack here i got about 30 of them there you go there you go we do have plenty of podcast stickers to still distribute so uh <laughs> yeah let us know and uh we'll try and add that to what is going to be an extra special episode 200 of the podcast so i we always exit uh hashtag what are we drinking with frowling corner in case anyone has noticed, um, the Frowlin had a rough so Sunday. Happy. They had a real rough <sighs> one on Sunday, which really sucked because, you know, it was going on at the same exact time as uh, the men's side. So really it was looking down at what kind of match stats I was able to find and then a little bit of uh, highlights. But at the end of the match, I'm going to point out that what's more important is what was happening around the Eintracht match which was what was going on in the other matches. So Leverkusen drew with Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, you know, <laughs> always a tough team to deal with, as Eintracht found out, currently leading the Bundesliga table. You had Munich with a 1-1 draw with Potsdam, who had the 3-3 draw with Eintracht last week. So that happened. And a European participant, Hoffenheim, last year's third-place team, had a shock 1-1 draw with Hoffenheim. Sand currently uh, had been bottom of the table. Uh, based on their better goal difference, they are now from 12th to 11th. But let's be real, uh, there's a nine-point gap between 10th and 11th. So they're still really looking at the drop. So Eintracht knew all these results ahead of taking the field against Werder Bremen in the north. And the Nord C uh, side, Werder Bremen, came away with a 1-0 victory over the Eintracht. And it's just that kick in the nether regions that is just all too common for Eintracht fans that this happened. And you had so many positive things to think about the Frauen, and yet you had the opportunity to really cement yourself in the top echelon of the league. Right now, it is a halves mid-table, and half-nots. You have five teams, in my mind, going for European places that are within five points of each other. Then there's a five-point gap between fifth and sixth. And then there's, uh, because from sixth to tenth, there's uh, pretty much the same thing. Five points separate sixth to tenth, but then tenth is the final survival spot. Then you have, as I mentioned, nine-point gap to the relegation two. Eintracht coming away with, and Werder Bremen had uh, eight points on the season so far, still were bottom of the survivalists, but still not the result that you want to have against uh, on the road when so many of the other teams that you're challenging against for the top three slots 
to uh, not only win, you know, to qualify for Europe and even win the league, that you just kind of miss out on a very great opportunity. It's a real kind of a, oh, this is one of those matches that you're going to be regretting uh, like years later, for uh, definitely for sure. Yeah. Um, Brian, are you on TikTok? No. All right. Well, let me explain to you. There's a Bones Day and there's a No Bones Day. Um, not only did Frankfurt not have any bones today, they didn't have the, the skin and the flesh. Like, there was nothing, nothing going right today. Um, go on TikTok. You'll understand what the hell I'm trying to say. But, but the Frauen came out and... They got a lot of shots. I'm going to admit I have not seen the entire match. I'm going to get my illegal stream tomorrow from my friends in Denmark. Uh, thank you, Frauen Bundesliga, for not providing that to us in the States. But um, we ended up with, I think, seven corners in the first half. And a shitload of shots and about 70% possession. And had nothing to show for it. And so then we're playing catch-up. And you, the longer you let a team that low in the table stick around, the more confident they become. Because every time you add a corner to the tally, every time they, they shut down your possession for five more minutes, um, it becomes a confidence boost for them. And I get the idea that that's what happened here. Um, not unlike the way we've played against Bayern on the men's side recently where the longer you let us stick around, the more confident we're going to become. And it's a little concerning because like you just set teed it up for me there, everything else in the table went our way. Um, you put in a couple of those goals and we're sitting at three right now. And the more concerning part for me is that next Sunday we have a match and then six weeks off after that six weeks off. So if we can't pull three points out against 11th in the table sand and go into a long pause with some good feeling, it's going to be a really long winter break because instead of sitting at third, we could be sitting potentially um, in fifth place with a lot of ground to make up. So I'm not happy about it. I'm happy about it, but... They got one last match before the Winter Piles comes up. And to me, this is, yeah, must win. We didn't really, we had such confidence in the ladies. You know what? Sometimes these results can occur, but it's what happens when you get knocked down. And the testament of these ladies will come uh, next weekend uh, as they take on Sand for the final match before they go out to the winter break. Fingers crossed that the, they will get that result. Alrighty, mentioned that Eintracht has had a European match since we last spoke. Eintracht had a 1-1 draw with Fenerbahce. Now, granted, we didn't even need to get the result against Fenerbahce, but hey, a little extra bonus for the draw never hurt anybody. And uh, yeah, Olympiacos uh, faltered against Antwerp, and Olympiacos finished up as runners-up in our group, so... The eight group stage winners proceed to the round of 16 and are seeded in that draw. The runners-up 
advance to a so to liken back to what we had previously you would have the top two finishers uh in a much bigger europe league than it was this season uh basically the europa league and a bit of the conference uh you had your top two teams from each group and the eight teams that descended the third place teams that descend from the champions league would join up and it's a big old round of 32 so they changed that up this season You have the winners who get to wait. They don't have to play in the knockout phase until March 10th. The very long ways off. Whilst the knockout round, which will have the uh, eight third place teams of the Champions League. And they will face off against the eight uh, runners up of the Europa League. And that will be uh, basically one month earlier uh, in the month of February. Is that good or bad for us? Would you rather have us I think playing it's in actually Europa League? Because that seems to bring out a good thing in us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I know we have ground to make up in the league here. I wouldn't mind being focused on that for a little bit. Could this harm us in any way? I personally don't believe that it will because this will uh, have really just... We can focus on the league. Yeah, a lot of the other teams have... Uh, They'll have the Bocal in January. Uh, late, I think that was that, like mid late January that that comes in. I think it's after uh, two match days that the Bundesliga have already resumed. Us being able to make up ground, focus, have a full week's training that can't hurt because that is something that some coaches who get put in mid season for teams that are battling in Champions League, Europa League and the cup competition when they're expected to have very high expectations for their league. I keep on, I know I keep on using this example, but Paris Saint-Germain lost the league title because they were involved in everything at the same time. And the coach admitted that, you know, it wasn't until April that he had a, he had his first full week of training uninterrupted by other matches. And you could, and considering the talent that he had, it kind of does. It's like you can totally see the connection of where you need to have an entire week's training. Otherwise, because how do you get your ideas across? You have your preseason training. Now we do have the winter pausa coming up, so we'll be able to see what we get there. But you always, it's always interesting when you get out of the gate in the winter pausa. So having one match per week will definitely help out the team, let them have a great focus. Uh, the Champions League, as I recall, is going to be kind of getting underway round about the same exact time. But it's not like, uh, in the, I mean, there are multiple Bundesliga teams who are now involved in the Europa League. Every single one, minus Wolfsburg, who bowed out at fourth place in their group. And Union, who was in the Europa Conference League and finish in the top two of their group. Um they got beaten out by some Dutch, a Dutch side who people will recognize, at least the city, and Rotterdam, and one of the two Prague teams. Uh, so Eintracht and the Leverkusen, both both teams who faced off against each other this week, and uh, were the ones who held their head high while Leipzig Dortmund descended from the Champions League uh, into the third place. So it could be interesting. We could have. All four teams remaining in the round of 16. And the last time, Chris, that a team made the final of this competition was when its final iteration as the UEFA 
cup. And uh, yeah, that's uh, been 13, 12, 13 years ago, so it's been a second. So looking forward to that. We won't find out the draw until February. But uh, yeah, Chris, job done for Europe. Yeah, yeah, we got the job done. It wasn't pretty at times, but compared to a couple times recently where we had a group of death draws, that really had you questioning if we could get out, and sometimes we needed help getting out. Uh, this was just comfortable, given all the ups and downs we've had early in the season. Um, to be in a comfortable position going into that last day of, of group play was actually a an okay place to be. Exactly. And in case anyone was wondering, uh, the draw for the preliminary round that occurs on uh really will already have occurred by the time that you uh, are listening to this podcast because it will occur in Europe uh, midday on the 13th of December. So that draw will be done. And then Eintracht will basically watch as everyone plays themselves on the 17th and 24th of February. And then the very next day on the 25th, we will find out who we have in the round of 16. And hey, it's an additional two matches we don't have to play to make the final. Just saying. And who doesn't want to go to Seville for the final? Well, it might be hot, but you know we'll deal with that when that time comes. Chris, it is time to look at this week's Bundesliga action. We have Gladbach and we have uh, Mainz. One team is doing pretty good of late. The other team, not so much. Um, we all know how we feel about Gladbach. So I'm going to just make my predictions known right now. And in case anyone did not know what happened at the weekend for these guys, they got squished 4-1 to one by Leipzig. The, before that, they got squished 6 nothing by Freiburg. Want me to keep on going? I will. They got squished 4-1 to one by Cologne. Um, in case you're keeping track at home, they have scored two goals and conceded 14 in their last three matches. Uncomfortably saying that Eintracht comes away with a 3-1 victory. Can we score more? Yes. I think we do concede the first. But then we come back with three goals. And the likelihood is that Adi Hutter is on such a fire. His seat on is on such fire that... You know, <laughs> uh, you just want to see him eviscerated. And yet, everything points to the fact that he's not going to get fired unless we beat him 15 nothing. So we can try and get him fired. And then he can, uh, you know, just take stock over the fact that that team that just kicked his ass is a team that he could be coaching to in the Champions League knockout phase. Instead, he's unemployed. Anyways, that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretty well in line with you. Uh, to start the year, if you had told me that Mines would be sitting on the edge of Europe and Gladbach would be fighting for survival, I'd call you crazy. I think they'd be the other way around. And I think everybody kind of expected them to be in opposite positions. But True. you know what? Um, I have no sympathy for Adi Hutter. Uh, he looked at a name and a history attached to it and thought that was going to be better than what he had built in Frankfurt. That was 50 and years ago, that glory. 
40, 50 years ago. And uh, times have not been good to that team. And that city. And you know what? And that's, you know, I'll leave the city out of it. I live in a city like that. But um, look, his his style takes some getting used to. It takes some adapting to the way he does things. And we know that because it took him a while to get comfortable in Frankfurt. And you have but, to have the right tools available, which that team exactly. is in the process of the losing problem, even more tools than they already have. Yes, the problem with with waiting on that system to work out is that when our guys were doing it, they were making nine or ten million. You know, the, the market value on our players was peaking at twenty, thirty, forty million uh, for one or two guys. They're sitting on five or six guys, you know, in that thirty million dollar range. So that luxury of time does not exist at a club like that. And while their profile historically may be higher, uh, I would love nothing more than to say, hey, look, you left us high and dry. You fucked us out of Champions League last year with that drama you pulled in February. Um, here's a nice 4-1 ass kicking. And I'm going to call go. it now. I would, like to use, uh, I would like to use a different number at the end. I'd say four to something else. But every time I do, I get yelled at on Twitter and called bad names. There you go. So I'm going to say four to one. Works for me. Works for me. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, we have uh, two Bundesliga matches to contend with. The other is a lot harder. Um, Mainz, as we have found, and I thought that Mainz would be a difficult team to deal with uh, this season single-handedly because of the fact that Bo Svensson, what he's done with that team to get them from the basement, and everyone said they're already relegated to get them from that to mid-table and now be doing this. Yeah, this is a game that's going to be difficult for us, but I think that a draw is more than capable because, hey, you know what? We always had trouble against Mainz, so I'll just be happy with a one point and a two. No, mm, one, one draw. Excuse me. Sound a little hesitant. Yeah, there's no way. I, I find it very difficult to see a win. I also think that uh, that the fight that the team has shown means that you know a draw is the most likely. It's we're not gonna. I I I just can't look past a draw on this one, man. Just can't. So I hate mines. Yeah, I do too. Um. They're probably my most hated team in the Bundesliga. You know, take out the Bayern for the reasons everybody hates them. As far as uh, derbies and other bad blood, I just don't like mines. And I don't like going into this match either because their defense is really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, really good. They don't allow goals. They hardly allow shots. And when they do... Half of them are being blocked or or put off target from bad angles. I'm going to be honest. I don't like it in this one. I think we're going to lose 1-0 and have an ugly taste in our mouth. 
yeah, I'm ready for the pain. I'm ready for the pain. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, I'm Drag Frankfurt, episode 199. I'd like to thank Chris for joining me back for this one. It's been a minute, dude. Don't don't stay away too long. No, I'm back. Back in this <laughs> Excellent. All right. Ways that you can get in contact with the show. That is at HEFpod on Twitter. Hey, I'm Drag Frankfurt at gmail.com. Facebook is facebook.com slash HEFpod. All the English language content in one convenient location. Instagram, you can find us at Hey, I'm Drag Frankfurt. You can find me on Twitter at KCSGE. And Chris, where can we find you? I am on Twitter and our Discord chat. By the way, we had a great run of uh, debate during the match on Discord today. So if you're interested in live chatting during our matches or, or anytime, 24 hours a day, uh, hit up the Discord channel. We'll send out the link to that. But uh, yell at me about my predictions on Twitter and Discord at C and the D 313. All righty. That's going to wrap it up. Episode 199 in the books. We'll have an extra special one coming out soon. So get in contact with us uh, about your favorite uh, parts of all the most recent episodes that you've ever listened to this podcast. And we'll have an extra special one that we'll uh, slice together. And, of course, we'll be back to talk about all things Eintracht Frankfurt in the near term with episode 201. So until next time, stay safe and choose. Adi Hutter, that team that just kicked his ass is a team that he could be coaching to in the Champions League knockout phase. Instead, he's unemployed. Who said that? Nobody nobody on this podcast. Hey, I'm